Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Please welcome the brilliant, the talented Eamon Ismail. What's up? Wow. Wait, what you said his intro, last name yo. wrong. What an intro. Is that, that's how you say it in, uh, who's oh, afraid shit. of I didn't know. Eamon. I thought you were, I, dude, I didn't know you realized Did I fuck you up your last treatment. name or is that there, how... there is no correct way to say it. It's more like a vibe. You just gotta okay. feel it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did, I've had to say that a few times before. Oh, uh, uh, It's man. more like a vibe. A vibe. <laughs> yeah. A vibe. <laughs> I'm so tired of telling people my name is Eamon like Matt Damon. I'm just like, say whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You can have it. I don't have, I don't need it back. <laughs> or the Keep fact the that you have to evoke Matt Damon as part of your self-identifying process. <laughs> like Matt Damon. Fuck it up. But I did fuck it up <laughs> last time, right? I said, but you're, you're saying it's okay either way, right? I mean, again, I mean, like, if you want to do like the Arabic way, it's got to be like, Eamon Ismail. But like, uh-huh. who's gonna sing it like that? You just gotta right. be like, Amen, 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 Amen. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, right. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Amen. <laughs> Matt Damon, Amen. Yeah. Take me. Don't call. To don't, don't call me Hey Man. That's the only thing. Right. right. The Guitar Center tried to pull that joke with me, and I almost, I almost. Oh no. Out. I was like, you know, what, matter of like, fact, return these strings for me. Return them. I'm done. <laughs> these are Ernie balls, man. These are good strings, man. You sure? All right. <laughs> I asked for the super slinky, man. Get get the Oh, my bad. My okay, I'll go back there. I'll go back there. I'll get the right strings. <laughs> man, so where's what's what's good with you? Where are you at? Where are you 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 looks like you're traveling, you know? Yeah, I'm out in the land, dude. I'm secretly oh, I'm secretly doing my work from Puerto Rico. Don't tell my editors. No, I won't. Please, I when you when you when you find this out, don't snitch tag anybody at Slate because nobody no. knows. Hey, right. I was we were we were just talking about one of the articles. Uh, I forget who wrote it over at Slate about the tall Zoom energy piece. And I was curious, have was you have you is that something you've noticed too? Like, have you met new coworkers and people think you are taller or less tall or what's your vibe? I haven't I haven't been back to an office since then. I'm trying to hold out for as long as possible. See, I was never a fan of like office culture. I know some people have started going back already. I'm fine with just the messages and the emails. I don't need to see you, you know? So I like leaving it, I like leaning into the mystery and just, it's like your shorter, shorter is height. I don't need right. to know how tall you are. <laughs> right, right. And for all I know, you could be six foot, five foot. I just yeah. don't want to go back to the office. I mean, I, I was always commuting from New Jersey into New York. And so our subway is different than you guys' subway. You know, we have the the real freaks of the subway on our subway. So I'm like, no, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, people actually want to start conversations with you where I, where I get off. So. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I mean, that's easy for you to say. You have tall Zoom energy. I mean, look at you. Yeah. you you're, that's true. Your you, Zoom presence two? is overpowering, so it's easy for you. But, you know, for some of <laughs> the us. The secret is to that. not stack your laptop and, like, keep it as low as possible. Get, like, that MySpace angle. That's right. Oh, right. yeah. Just so, yeah, it's always from that perspective. You want yeah. the chin. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Well, that's good. How how is uh, Puerto Rico? What's what's good in Puerto Rico? I mean, I would recommend the shrimp empanadas. I was really oh. really into tostones. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've I've tried the mofongo, but honestly, it's not better than it is in the Bronx. So, right, you know, right. you gotta you gotta come with the expectation that you're just going to like a tropical Bronx. That's how you really get to enjoy Puerto Rico. Otherwise, you're just gonna be setting yourself up for 
sort of like an American Florida fusion. It's it doesn't feel like you've left the country in a weird way. But at the oh. same time, like everything is just delicious. And they have those those Coca-Colas here with the real sugar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys do a lot of traveling, but like the Coca-Colas where we are. We call it so- Mexican Coke out here. <laughs> yeah. Because it's those typically are, the, those are the ones that they import like in the glass bottle from Mexico because anything mm-hmm. that's bottled in the, in the, up, up here is all corn syrup for that ass. No, no, no. I, I'm, I can't handle that, honestly. It gets my yeah. throat off like weirdly the, lubricated. The I'm Sprite? Not into it. The Sprite with sugar? Woo! I, fuck, good? I will obey my thirst every fucking time if there's sugar <laughs> in it. Yeah. I'm always yeah. impressed by Sprite. Anytime I, like, I almost never drink it, but when I do, I'm always like, damn. Whoa! Whoa! This is mm. fucking good. Yeah. I'm drinking it. with gas over here with this. Yeah. One. Was there lemon lime in this? Yeah. <laughs> it's limon. Limon. Wasn't that the thing they called it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is something from your search history? I recently searched kidney donor bad art friend. Mm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The New York Times art piece that yes. everyone loves. Yes. Have you guys already talked about that on your no, show? No, no, actually. No, I, and I've been, I've been getting it. yelled at from Her Majesty and my partner because she was like, I need to talk to you about it. You're going to love it. I'm like, I know. I just It's a long read and I have to do some other stuff, but I will. Yeah. So I. Yes. I I forget what day specifically it came out in the New York Times, but I just started seeing all these people tweeting about kidneys and bad art friend and who is the bad art friend, mm-hmm. which I believe is, was the title of it. And I'm like, how long can I persist in not knowing what this is about? Because I sort of when the whole Internet is talking to, or obviously not the whole Internet, but all the, you know, in, in the stuff I follow when it seems that everyone's talking about something, I sort of enjoy that moment where it's like, I know this is going to be dumb and I don't yet know what it is. Like I am, I have blissful ignorance. But then, you know, I'm like, okay, fine, I can't take it. So I looked it up, and I ended up reading the story. It is very long, but well, some people had said to me like, it's not worth it. They're both repugnant. You don't need to read it. But I was happy that I read it. It is. I imagine this is what Her Majesty has been saying to you. But it is interesting. There's lots of way it bring. It, it's one of those stories that stays with you. So. Right. I actually do recommend reading it and then having a conversation about it, which I haven't. I need to call up your lady because I haven't really had a chance to talk about it with anyone. Oh, so, yeah. Without I'll just be like, hey, the homie Allison wants to talk to you about it. She's like, yeah, yeah, right now, right now, right now, right now. I'm on a plane. Do you know, does she have an opinion about which one is the bad friend? No, because she wanted to save that discourse for when I read it. She didn't want to sully my perception yes. of, the, of what well, she's like. We just have to talk about this. I'm like, yes. Fuck, okay. It's well written and well crafted in that there's sort of a a bit of a new info comes out near the very end, which potentially colors how you'll see it. I see. So that might be what she's hiding. This There was a tweet last week that captured the feeling, though, by at Sassy Black Diva. She said, I hate when you have to read an article to understand Twitter discourse. Like, why are y'all assigning a bitch a homework? I just want to party. <laughs> because that's what if i and that's how i felt too i'm like fuck all right like i will read the i will read the assignment so i can talk about it miles we have our assignment for tomorrow's episode we'll read bad art friend can you give us the broad strokes just to entice this is an also interesting exercise to try and have someone describe it to you the way they think it should be described without selling your perception of it yeah okay so it is about two female writers they had both like been in a lot of writing programs and that is how they met each other. 
one of them is Asian American, one of them is white and grew up more economically disadvantaged, I'd say. So the the white one and I know it sounds like a like race is a part of the story, though. So anyway, she donates a kidney like sight. Like she doesn't know who's going to receive it. She donates it. She starts talking about it on social media and she gets upset that the other writer hasn't like acknowledged she's been talking about on social media and she feels like the other one. Like, did you even know that I, you know, donated my kidney? And then it turns out that the other one writes a story about a character that donates her kidney. And the one who donated her kidney feels like she had inspired that story. And so then it's sort of this question of if you write a story about like who owns that story. And then the one who wrote it says the story is really about like white savior complex and I feel like I did a terrible job explaining. No, that well, see, actually, this is the difference. This is why it, that's why it's hard to describe it because it's the I think the most b- version that everyone's like you just have to read it, but just know yeah. it's about two people and you're like, are they being petty? I don't know. You got to read it and then you'll you'll begin to sort of understand more. Like it's it, it was weird because Her Majesty she she was like, I don't want. There's so many good lines. She's like, I don't even want to spoil. Yeah, it. and I was like, right. I, I mean, it's it's ultimately like the. It's it is it's about female I I think it is about female friendship and it's about a communication breakdown. The one who donated her kidney begins to act in ways that I think are quite petty. Like she starts to everywhere that the one who wrote the story is trying to publish the story, she like starts contacting them accusing her of plagiarism. Oh my I mean, God. it's like, it's That's crazy. It's got but like there, levels. <laughs> but there's other, but then there's stuff that make, like they both do not come off well. Right. Sure. I'll just put it that way. And like, this is a written lot of detail. by Robert Kolker. I'm yes. assuming that is not, so is, is there a relation between the person who's writing the story and the two friends? Like how? I don't think so. And so the two friends names are Sonia Larson is the one who wrote about the kidney donation. Don Dorland is the one who donated her kidney. Sonia Larson has is a uh, a bit more accomplished as a writer. And it's like it's become a public feud because she was trying to publish it. And that's why it, it's a story, because it does feel like the sort of drama you would see on Facebook and not uh, in the pages of The New York Times. Right. I don't know exactly how it came to the attention of The Times. I know that John Dorland had been trying to get the story published for a while, but that's not that's was sort of said as an aside, like, oh, and by the way, she had been trying to get this published. Right. Oh, her yeah, story about feeling that she was wronged by yes. the writing. Okay. Yes. And then uh, last question, which one, like, I, I don't know which of those is the bad art friend. That's, at, that's, that's that is dear reader. Eye of the Beholder. Got it. Okay. Because yeah. uh, I was just picturing somebody who was like bad at art. As a, as a friend making, <laughs> no, right. making you be like, hey, you, you handed me this doodle, you bad art friend. <laughs> right. Exactly. I thought I, the, I thought it was when I was first asked by her message, go, did you read it? I was like, is this about like friends you have whose art sucks, but you support them and like you'll <laughs> right. never tell them that the art is bad. And you're like, oh, my God. Yes. yes. Love to Great. see that your growth as a creator. Yeah. <gasps> can we go? Can this... we go? Can we go? <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> bad improv friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. The specific line, I believe. It comes because Sonia says that Dawn is being a bad art friend right. because 
She's not a good her. art friend would never stand in the way of someone else's storytelling. So now I have two reading assignments. So I have the New York Times article about this, and then I have to read the short story, correct? I don't know, I don't know that the, the short story... If it's as relevant. But I know people okay. have, I know I people even... have not done that as part of the assignment. Got it. Yeah, okay. that's extra credit. That would be extra yeah, credit. That's bullshit. extra credit. Okay, yeah. that I, I do not do extra credit, so that's great. <laughs> I don't do extra credit because I, I will just hound the professor during office hours and demand they change my grade. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did that ever work for you? No, I never did that shit because I thought that was the, like, just so fucking whack to be like, you didn't yeah. do the work and now you're complaining about how the shit was too hard. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just yeah. be like me. <laughs> Cheat off your classmates, keep your head low, take that C, and then you're good. <laughs> you cheated off your classmates to get a C? I feel like those oh, are yeah. the wrong classmates. I mean, well, I mean, this is like, I'm talking about the lowest, ener- like, Allison, uh, to say that there were some lecture classes that I don't know if I was physically there. I, I, apparently, I was, according to the sign-in sheet. But, <laughs> you know, we, we all did college Records indicate. Ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I think especially when I was like, this is a fucking scam. Y'all made me do all this shit in high school for what? For what? <laughs> the worst grade I ever got in college, I got a D on a group project paper that where we were like basically it was a class that like the professor never changed the tests. Oh, so it was yeah. Just like, yeah. So you just always had the Hand answers to all the tests. And I had just completely written the test off, and then we got a D on the thing. Mm. It's not good. So I used to make money like that in high school. We had our AP European history teacher, old dude, senile, bro. He didn't he didn't change shit. And I'll be like, yo, we got a pop quiz, bro. I got the answers right here for five. (laughs) Were you outside the classroom? Like, no, they knew people knew where to find me. People knew to find me by the flagpole. You know what I mean? During nutrition, I was there serving (laughs) fucking papers and tests. There you go. There you go. I was always been, you know. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Ellery? Mm, so I have two. I okay. said All right. sweater weather, kind of mm. overrated. It's good for a week. And then I'm like, I'm not into it. And then really original Halloween costumes, I think, are overrated because they're fun. <laughs> but really original. Really original. All that ones. effort you put in. Yes. Exa- here's exactly what I think about it. Because good ones are really good. But... Some of them are too niche, which means you're explaining yourself all night. And then mm-hmm. we're we need to like normalize lazy Halloween costumes. Yeah. Right. We're all busy. I don't want to buy a bunch of stuff. You're never gonna wear any of that shit again. No. No. Absolutely not. I mean, I like the last time I really did it up for Halloween, I like my friend who has like a costume house, I was like, can I borrow like a holster? And like that was it. And then I was like, this is too much. This is too much effort. I remember when I could just put on a basketball uniform and just say, I'm I'm basketball guy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some candy. Yeah. The Halloween costume industry. So long way of getting to agreeing with you, but I had recently heard from somebody like that their friend is like this billionaire who just looks at various industries. And is like, oh, that is a thing that is like 40 years old that nobody's refreshed. So they're the person behind the brand method because they looked at like those like soap and like the shit that you buy in the uh, like houseware section of grocery store and was like, this all looks like shit and looks like it was designed in the 70s. And so ever since they told me that, I've been trying to think of like, what is the other thing that is that? And like, 
Halloween costumes fucking suck, man. They're right. like so bad. Like Halloween costume stores. Like what? Why is that? That we that they're maybe just, we like, seem to be more creative because I feel like we're kind of a lot of people like we get pigeonholed into like monsters, heroes, sexy stuff, and yeah. like memes. And you should just be able to be like super esoteric with it, like maybe like <laughs> to the point where you know you're saying, Ellery, like if it's niche, fuck explaining it to somebody. It's like it's Halloween. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. I'm dressed for the fuck, whatever the fuck I want to. If I want to wear three sets of pajamas all, all at once, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Your pajamas, Sam. I do think it's one of the in- few industries where you really bump up against IP. So like right. you're like we've all seen those tweets that are like instead of Wednesday Adams, it's like Monday Jones or something. <laughs> right, like right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Blake from Workaholics was talking about on uh, their show. This is important that he found a costume that was his entire like a wig and a like tie that like his uniform his from workaholics <laughs> and it was like lazy blork. stoner guy from work <laughs> yeah blork <laughs> lazy stoner guy from working that's dude, so, office that's job so funny it'd be <laughs> awful if they just like roasted you just being like Ugly, right. frizzy haired. It's like, right. what the fuck? Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, look, it's Blork from Job Addict. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they should do. Absolutely. <laughs> I think maybe that's just funnier is getting wild, Blork. like dancing the fine line of Getting IP. so close. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. dude, no, this is Blork from Job Addict. So what are you talking about? Who's Blake from Workaholics? <laughs> maybe we need to sue them. Wait, the sweater weather thing, though. Explain you're because aren't you from the Northeast? Aren't you from New York? I I am good memory. Yeah, and even there, like I sort of miss seasons, but there's nothing as uncomfortable to me as being cold. And then also, I'll oh. argue that like sweater weather, fall weather, you need like a sweater in the morning. By afternoon, it's seventy five degrees. Yeah, and absolutely. all of those layers don't make sense. And then as soon as the sun goes down, it's like forty. Right, and right, so it's okay. like you're experiencing like three different outfit needs in one day. Yeah, especially wow, in Los Angeles, like for sure. Dry, trying to dress a kid for school, like on like my son went to school today in like a heavy sweater and shorts because I was just like, I don't fucking know. And that's what will be gone by the afternoon it. and you'll never yeah. see it again. It'll just yeah. get pulled off at school and I'll stay yeah. there. Plus, like in high school, like junior high stuff, I never brought a jacket to school no. unless it was raining. That's right. such a hoodie, teenager I, I would wear a hoodie thing. at most. To never wear like, a jacket—that's such a teenage thing, like in my life. Yeah, too. just being stupid because yeah. you're like, whatever. Like the morning will be cold, and then you'll get in the class, and then by nutrition, it's more bearable. And plus, like, I'll, I would always forget my jackets in class, and then some yeah, like, jacket to carry something jack around. My jacket. Yeah. What are you, a white kid from Massachusetts? Not wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Just, the the cold doesn't winter. bother me. Cold doesn't bo- yeah. Wait, the cold is just cold, a state of I'm mind. I'm talking dude. about when it's 68. <laughs> right. yeah they they will walk outside in shorts and a t-shirt and be like nah dude this is nothing and mass it's like we're in new york we're like probably the same latitude johnny what is something you think is underrated i think definitely you know that song by madonna material girl uh, yeah have you listened to it in the last however often amount of time mm, like critically I mean, I feel like passively, and I'm always going, and that's yeah, how I to. Yeah. It's the, uh, I listen to it 
I can, I go back to it all the time because like the instruments on that song, they're just ridiculous. It's like before there was any type of like MIDI. It's all real instruments, all being played by real musicians live in the studio. But it sounds, oh man, just the sound of it. It's like right. I I didn't realize that's all live. It's definitely live. It's like real studs in there with their fucking synths just going nuts. Like that sound like that. Bonk, 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 bonk. There's also all these weird artifacts in there. It sounds like an Arthur Russell song or something. It's weird little like sprinklings of kind of like spacey echo stuff. And you don't hear it. You kind of hear it. But like if you just listen to the song, you're enjoying it. But then it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's something about that song. It's just so... To me, I just love it. I, I love listening to it. I'll, I'll like slow it down. Even, even the drum fills, some of the drum fills are kind of, uh, they're syncopated in a weird way, almost like they're off time a bit. It's like a like a weird transitional drum fill in there that right. I can listen to over and over again. It's so, it's a weird thing because you have this huge pop song, but also it's underpinned by this really heavy, cool instrumental track that I think is, it gets lost because it's because it's a pop song and because the vocals are there. Mm. It doesn't make it bad. It just means like, wow, this is like an actual, everything's there. I mean, drama just came through with the facts, factual update. That, Nile that's all a Nile Rogers production. Yeah. Who, mm. What else did Nile Rogers do? Dude, he's chic. You know, he's done fucking I, like so many. Just look, just look at his discography. Okay. Coming out ask. by Diana Ross, which uh, served as the backbone for, uh, Moment song that we were talking about earlier. Is that the uh, the Mason uh, Puffy song? Yeah, yeah. Tell me who's hot, who's not, who that song? Yeah, H A W A. Yeah, I'm coming out. Who copped the blue drop? Who jewels got rocked? I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, things like you know, La Freak, Freak Out. Yeah, that shit is tight. All that chic stuff is just incredible. Yeah, that stuff. Chic is also underrated as hell. As a band, then, their stuff is just ridiculous. There's this one Carly Simon track that now why this track why really? shout out to Nick Stumpf, OG producer. Yeah, because we were we were just going off about Nile Rogers. He does this car, uh, Carly Simon's track called Why, and it's okay. so like funky. If you like a little bit of syncopation, watch listen to the eight minute track. There's an eight minute version of it that is so <laughs> fucking too much, but I love it. I love the extended versions of stuff. Yeah, mm. we were just talking because uh, the same DJ Dramos was rocking a, a "No Way Out" T-shirt this morning, yeah. so we we had a prolonged puffy conversation, conversation about that boy. about that moment when Puff Daddy was going through like a Bond phase and yeah. had had a fragrance out where he. I, I just remember that when I lived in New York City, there were a lot of print ads like all over like the subways and stuff of him. Uh, riding a jet ski in a tuxedo yeah. and and then and then there like the tv ads of that also had him doing that but they showed the part where he was like wading through the ocean which was like the part that i was like you don't you don't want to show that because that's the that's the reason but i guess he just didn't give a fuck did he yeah. get onto a helicopter or off of a helicopter in that commercial the... yeah i think he caught a helicopter right okay yeah. did a rope ladder come down or something some shit. It's that little copter, the kind that's like, it sounds like the. Yeah, yeah, the kind that you launch from your yacht. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. A Robinson. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, if you also think about it, 
just to get back to Puff Daddy, right? Because also Let's Dance by David Bowie, another Nile Rodgers production, another wow. track used by Puff Daddy. You Damn. know what I mean? I didn't know all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm just coming in, uh, coming yeah, in I mean, blind, just, just into you, but the see, song. You heard something. You heard something, Johnny. You know? Yeah, I'm into production. I like production mm. a lot. Yeah. The older I get, the more I'm just like, ah, I'm here for the production alone. Right. <laughs> As Brody Stevens once said, what does he say? Uh, agree with me on cadence alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, any anything else to talk about with with Puffy? With Puff? No, I was just thinking of the that just made me think of Michael Jordan cologne because when I used to buy celebrity colognes. Mm. Did you ever have Michael Jordan cologne by B. Shan? No, I didn't. Oh. I was always trying to have the uh, the complete collection of polo scents. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Polo Sport, Polo Regular. There's also like one called like Polo Crest, I think, or some crap. It was limited. So you were young Polo, huh? Well, my friend Jonathan was into Polo, so I was de facto also oh, into Polo. Oh, osmosis, yeah, you, yeah. You had the same, yeah, right. And you're like you're like secretly, I'm so allergic, mom. When I spray it on, there was also one called Cigar <laughs> Aficionado. Cigar Aficionado came out with a fragrance that. We all wanted to get for some reason because it's like, ooh, cigars, cigars. <laughs> Wait, the magazine smell like you've been smoking it did. cigars. It uh, had a fragrance. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I think it was probably actually really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a there's a thing that you want cigars to taste like based on the smell. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what they captured with that as opposed to what it's actually like to smoke a cigar, which tastes like ash and then you smell like ash. Right, and then yeah, you're like, oh, I'm smell. not supposed to inhale it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so Oof. rough. Yeah, I, I, when I was going through my, through middle school, I got deep into uh, cool water, and I never recovered. Are you um, kidding oh, me? Yeah. Me too, man. I remember when my friend, my friend Steve, somehow his mom got the hookup for the uh, the samples, and he yeah. brought a ton of them to school, and it was a big deal. It was like oh, all shit. there early, crowding around Steve. Like he's got him. He handed everyone this cool water sample, and that middle school it smelled like cool water for the next week. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool I, I only ever had the samples, but I I was able to you know ride ride samples all the way through because my friend yeah. lived right next to a I think it was like a JC Penny or a Macy's maybe. That's yeah, a my, hot my, sample mine was spot. by a May Company uh, mm. or Robinson's May. Later on, it would become, but. I'm just snagging Nautica competition samples. That was my. Ooh, no, that was a big one too. I mean, it's yeah. it's basically cool water, right? A little it's bit classier, you know, classier, you know. Oh, oh it's classier. Huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Meet me oh. with your Tommy Hilfiger jacket at the, at the quad. <laughs> we'll battle. See, that would actually be a good pairing for those shoes—a nice, big, blocky, oversized retro Tommy Hilfiger jacket with those giant black Skechers. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, yeah. good combo. And For just sure. fucked up jeans like that are fucked at the hems by like by your feet because they're dragging so much. Yes. But they're baggy, baby. And I know you said no shoe, no pants with those shoes, but that's what I'm thinking. I could do that Dragon or maybe like, like some Smaug. some Sorry, very tight, way too long hemmed jean shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Look like little tubes. Yeah. Jean Capri wow. pants. Straight leg jean Capri. Straight Denim leg. Capri pants. Yeah. <laughs> with that Tommy jacket drenched in cool water yes done all right, There's all right. right there. we we have figured out your new look that's a vibe right there mr 2098 uh, <laughs> uh let's take a quick break and we'll be right back 
All right, let's talk about Amazon. They were close to building a warehouse facility in El Cajon, and then they found out about a law that San Diego County was implementing that basically makes it so that you have to pay your workers a livable wage, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Give them Based on union wages. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There goes the fucking... (laughs) cost and That's also the sound mandate- of somebody taking off in a penis shaped rocket <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> prevailing union wages <laughs> um, so yeah also 56 hours of annual sick leave for work just you know the basics humane mm. working conditions with level paying wages that are life-sustaining and not subsistence wages and that's amazon's like whoa 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 we're actually going to cancel this and but here's the thing their spokesperson and all of their what they're talking about, they'll never admit that it's because of this. They said, oh, while we have decided not to pursue the site at El Cajon, we continue to assess opportunities to invest and grow across the region. We appreciate the time and attention committed committed by the city of San Diego, as well as local community leaders and officials. Amazon is a dynamic business, and we are constantly exploring new locations. We weigh a variety of factors when deciding where to develop future sites to best serve our customers. And it's common for us to explore multiple locations simultaneously and just and adjust based on our operational needs, which is Mm. to pay people fuck all. Yeah. We enjoyed meeting with you, but after talking (laughs) with corporate, we've decided to go a different direction. We'll definitely keep you in mind, though. Good (laughs) luck in the future. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Right, right, right. Oh, I mean, we'll definitely keep you in mind. That was haunting. That that was an amazing ability to slip into HR speak. (laughs) That was me applying for jobs in 2007. Yeah. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) There's this book, Good to Great, about companies that like beat stock market expectations consistently over decades. And it has this like central principle called the hedgehog principle, where every company that thrives as hard as Amazon has for like the past 30 years has like one thing that they do better than anyone else in the world. And they just repeatedly double down on that thing over and over. And for Amazon, that thing is extracting inhumane amounts of work out of people while paying them low wages and then hiding that process from the consumer so that Mm -hmm. it seems like it's just a fucking magic trick. Like they're able to perform miracles where you click a button and the thing arrives at your house to the degree that I feel like it has changed how we think of the time space continuum. Like I was I was in the woods over the weekend. Can't can't go camping without bragging about it because I built yeah. a fire like a Good for you. Yeah. Like a real what a manly man. Yeah. Why are the woods. bandaged up? Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyways, my uh, five year old was as I was fucking up dinner, you know, <laughs> hot dogs and mac and cheese over a campfire. Uh, mac and cheese apparently shouldn't have little black things in it. And he was like, hey, let's just order sushi and have it appear out in the woods because Amazon has, you know, it's not it's not like Amazon is our food delivery service. of Right. But I feel like just generally it has created a reality where things can be ordered on your phone and magically appear. And so I had to like explain to him, well, there's actually like people who do that work and would have to drive all the way out here and like it's just not possible but yeah the the fact that it's not just magically appearing that people are doing backbreaking work to make these things appear and being paid poorly is that's the thing that they figured out right yeah. my kids have the same well not owen so much he's only two but elliot who's four is 
all about. But can we buy it on your phone? Can we buy it on your computer? Yeah. That is where everything comes from. Can't we summon it? Yes. Yeah, it's literally like a magic trick. Like, just, yeah. yeah. Why doesn't it just come out of your phone? When I order something and it takes, you know, 10 days or something, I'm always stunned by this because I I am also so used to just clicking something and then, you know, before, Right when you navigate away from that page, there's already an email thanking you for your order, and then it arrives in a couple days. I mean, it is. And I think that it's so convenient that we we all choose to ignore the reality of how it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's sort of like uh, like buying a piece of chicken. You don't you know, I don't want to think about yeah. that there was a head attached to this. Oh, like, yeah. I'd rather just push that out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the, their their model is to break the social contract, but hide that from people so that mm-hmm. you don't have to think about it. Or just or that it's like, hey, I mean, they're they're breaking the social contract, but like I got this fucking waterproof Bluetooth speaker in fucking <laughs> like 18 hours, though. Right. It's yeah. Wild. Yeah. If same day delivery. Right. And it's also Crazy. caused me to like realize too, like to actually try and challenge myself to not rely on like that instant gratification aspect especially like with consumer goods like i'll try and go to a store if i can just to kind of remind myself that there is this like there's a process to things still because when it gets so obscured versus like click 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 bing it's here i'm i find myself getting a little more like impatient Mm -hmm. like you know especially like when i was like trying to get stuff for like a move or something like having to order things and do all this other kind of stuff. I just became more and more impatient because I lost touch with like the former reality, which used to be like, all right, we got to get in the car and go to the store to get this stuff today. Right. But you know, but it has made things easier for other people. So to each their own, but I'm, I can see it being a slippery slope for me. Yeah. We are back and forth between like never using Amazon and then like occasionally using it when, like something is needed, but we are generally trying to be a no Amazon household. And it definitely adds days to the process, but it's definitely but the other thing that's good is most places that you would buy something off of, like buy something from Amazon. Like if you go to their website, they're usually like, yo, get 15 percent off just off the rip because yeah. we're competing with ourselves against Amazon. Plus, right. we'll ship it pretty quickly. And when I actually kind of started looking at it like that, I'm like, oh, yes, it's really not that hard, especially if, you know, and if I needed something immediately like Band-Aids and shit, go to fucking CVS. Yeah, exactly. Amazon Prime, that shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. It's good. Like our brains work better when our feet are moving. So it's good to like go do something instead of just making it. It's good to visit that mom and pop store CVS. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Don't you think of the little the little guy? Yeah. (laughs) Walgreens. Anyways, we have to get to important shit. Matthew McConaughey has spoken. I'm seeing pickup for this like everywhere uh, in the media. (laughs) The Hollywood Reporter just sent me a notification being like, here, Matthew McConaughey would be risking it all with a governor run, but he'd also stand to like gain a lot. And it's just like, why is this? He's not risking shit. Right. (laughs) What the fuck is his risk? He's He's a millionaire. Like, right. But yeah, so we've all been speculating like what, like just the idea of a Matthew McConaughey gubernatorial run seems very strange. We have no real idea of what his platform would be, and we still don't. 
Um, mm-hmm. But he talked about it. He he said some words kind of at that mm-hmm. question. Yeah, the direction I mean, of it's like, is he gonna? Is this gonna be a reality based campaign? Will it be a sick ass character study character bit <laughs> he's gonna do? And just based on his answers, it kind of sounds like both is what this thing is going to be like. Because <laughs> he went on Kara Swisher's podcast and he he had ideas. He had thoughts. First off, just on the abortion ban, SB8 in Texas, he was like, it's ruthless. It's terrible. Like, he's like, the trickery involved with the, the like legal wording is despicable. Six weeks is not enough time for, any, for anyone to make a reasonable decision as it would relate to that. So that one, okay. Seemed like he was on the uh, reality-based, reasoned sort of crew there. On masks, he said, we were all more afraid of the word mandate than we were the damn mask. And I think our pride trumped and stamped down our honor there. We chose privilege <laughs> over principle. Okay. Starting to, he's starting to heat up, though, getting a little McConaughey here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he really then he, they were like, OK, so like what how do you think about your relationship to politics and like where you fit in and all this stuff? He says, I'm working on what I'm trying to understand politics to be. Whoa. OK. Uh-huh. I think we've got to redefine politics. If each party's only about preservation of party, well, I'm almost arguing that's undemocratic. I mean, yeah, there's something to that. Uh, and then he says, if you're only there to, you know, by hook or by crook, preserve your party, you're leaving out 50% of the people. So I think politics needs a redefining. Oh, I can only, okay, okay. What else you got? Then he said, look, I'm not a man who comes at politics from a political background. I'm more of a statesman, philosopher, folk singing poet. I don't oh, talk politics. Hell yeah. I talk people. Folk there he is. Poet. <laughs> statesman, wow. philosopher, folk singing poet. Bang. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for some something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I'm not sure what his philosophy is aside from him. I think he's also on that Yang, like radical centrist shit because he's like, the way I look at it, there's 60 percent of people out there. That's the majority. And we yeah. got to find it from the center, man. And you're like, oh, oh boy. Nah. Okay. Is Matthew okay. McConaughey trying to fuck me with this uh, <laughs> answer? It's like such just like this oh shit that a fuck God. boy would yeah, say like, at a party, like I'm trying to fuck you. Paris <laughs> was just like, are you brushing my hair back? <laughs> I'm more of like a statesman philosopher. <laughs> like you folk singing poet, oh, if you will. Lord. Okay, sir. Thank you. I don't... <laughs> all right. All right. All right, all right. Oh, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, this is, I mean, only from that last poll, only 25% of Texans were like, yeah, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, it doesn't seem like the right state for that sort of thing either. Like, I mean, he, I know he's from Texas and, like, is a, a proud Texan that Texans are proud of, but I do feel like there's a, there's also, like, maybe mayor of Austin would work, but yeah. I feel like, yeah. yeah. The, he, you know, he, he reminds like, me yeah. of, man. It reminds me of somebody like joining a, a random club and thinking they have it all figured out. And you just feel like, oh, yeah, that kid is so naive. He right, like, doesn't right. know what he's <laughs> stepping into. It's like if you actually think about what people vote on and like how they vote, they rarely, they rarely look at like trying to solve the, the, the problems right. that we have. They're just like thinking of the one issue they care about most. And they're like, well, how does this politician think about this one issue? How do they care? Right. About, what do they think about taxes? And they're just right. going to vote whoever is going to make their taxes cheaper or yeah. you know there's some people who are single issue Texas? voters on like um, abortion um, and only abortion you know so it's yeah. like ah i don't know man i don't know how many people are really convinced 
that politics can be redeemed and that there can be a like a utopia America where people, politicians aren't slimy scumbags. It's like, that sounds great. Right. That sounds nice. I think everybody who gets into politics might think that at some point. But then oh, you yeah. get there, then you just all just like people doing favors for each other. And it's like people, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, that not, was it's me. not that clean. I got involved right when Obama was running and I was like, here we go. So this with this lobbying firm and I'm like, yeah, bro, we're going to help get this fucking health care <laughs> shit. And then you're like, wait, who's paying my, wait, who cuts my checks? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, we work for this industry. What the fuck? And then I'm like, nah, dude, I can't, I can't keep doing this shit. This is like, but very idealistic because you have this belief. You're like, yeah, if there's like the right amount of people, but you're playing a rigged game. And so until you can like change the rules, there's not much that can be done. So I think that's why the emphasis really needs to be a little bit. People need to zoom out a little bit more and be like, it's not just the people that you get in there. Like it's fundamentally you're sending them into the terror dome. So there's pretty much only one outcome. Yeah. Any, any one of these like experienced politicians will just eat him alive, man. And they're just going to get him to say what they want him to say on like the condition they help him with something else. And that's just how politics works behind the scenes. You know, yeah, even right. someone like AOC, who everybody is like, she's the only principled one. I see it all the time. People believe that, right? Yeah. And then you see that she's like voting absent on something she really has very strong yeah, like, feelings Wait, hold for. on. Where are you on that Iron Dome funding, Ma? Right? And right. she's just going to yeah. sit quietly because she feels like she has to. So, right. Mm, I don't know. That's Matthew. what I'm like, yo, just flame out. Do you? And if they vote you out, then go out a legend because you could right. probably come right back in. But like, it's... But there aren't many politicians who are willing to go, no, I'll fucking, I will, I will ride this shit till the fucking wheels blow off and I'm yeah. voted the fuck out. And yeah, when you start seeing people triangulate and do shit like that, you're like, uh-oh, yeah. you're starting to become, you're, you're understanding the hill a little bit and you're trying to survive <laughs> the hill. You're doing hill survival moves. I do wonder what the, like, there, there were all these, uh, stolen facebook numbers that indicated to bannon and you know wh- whatever that data firm was that there that america analytica. Was, yeah cambridge analytica that america mm-hmm. was like ripe for an outsider candidate like i think it was a couple years before the presidential election and that's why they backed trump kind of reluctantly i i wonder what those types of numbers say about the country now because it, it does seem like we're still kind of you know, disillusioned with politics as it currently exists, but we're also disillusioned with the presidency of the outsider that they chose last time. So I don't know. I, I'd be yeah. curious. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Hack man. I was, Facebook. I was like, here's all the ways that Bernie could still win. Like, right. This is how you do it. Right. right. I, I'm, I'm one of those people too, where I'm just like so jaded. And I get why people say they don't want to vote because it feels like we don't really have, like, we don't get to choose who we want to vote. We get to vote against the person we don't want. And that's just a system we have and it sucks, but that's what we got. And it's hard to start there knowing that that's what the situation is, trying to convince someone to to vote with you because you know that this person isn't perfect. It's like all the people who wanted Biden and it was the purpose was to get Trump out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope I'm not like shattering anyone's reality by saying that, but that's really why I wanted Biden in. I was like, yo, Trump is going to kill us all. And I don't want to end up on a list because yeah. he like floated that idea about Muslims. I was like, I got to get this guy out of here <laughs> before he starts right. doing that. And, you know, that's the, that's the baseline. That's where we're starting. And so when you have someone like Matthew McConaughey come in and say like, look, I can fix this. It's like, really, you're, you're, you're not selling us on anything new. You're coming in and you're going to say, right. 
I'm going to be the right person. But that's what they all say. And then they come in and then something happens. And then now all of a sudden Guantanamo is not getting closed. And now all of right. a sudden we're going to do healthcare, but it's going to look like this. It's not going to be free. It's everybody's making compromises. Everybody's making right. compromises because they have that one issue they, they got to get through. So I don't know. I'd almost rather him come in and say, look, we got to fix the wealth gap. And everything right. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to bring back to the wealth gap. Exactly. Okay. Right. That's a serious, yeah. that's a serious strategy. That would Every, be amazing. Yeah. yeah. All the, all the pain you're feeling is because of inequality. So right, that's right. what I'm here for. Every spin, I, I could watch, say anything, any topic right now, I'll bring it right back to inequality for you. Yeah. Fucking anything, <laughs> go. And no one talks like that. I mean, that's the other thing is that I think just the way people are communicating too, it's still like this hybrid of like old gate beltway talk, but also just like with trying to be somewhat more conversational when really people seem to speak directly at the ills and how to solve them. But everyone's different because then someone's like, this person just hates America. It's like, no, yeah. I'm identifying issues <laughs> and they're fucked. But why McConaughey you, might be her? like, hey, I can fix it, man. Unlike a Buick Enclave to 2021 that will not ever need any fixing because with their 72-month <laughs> warranty and 0% APR financing for qualified borrowers, I mean, we're looking at a new adventure, Buick. Nah, I'm sorry, man. what was I His, his sales pitch is always like, I saw a moose running Yeah, across. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so wild. Huh. They said you're, Encore, the Buick Encore GX. Your point on <laughs> people voting for Biden because, because he was against Trump is interesting. I, I may be in the minority here. I actually voted for Biden based on the art of his son. Hunter, uh, <laughs> but mm. I don't know. Like that—that's that a sensitive man. Me. That's interesting. He raised that artist. Yeah, exactly. We we need more news articles about the people who voted for Biden only for Trump. <laughs> right. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and there's there's starting to be some some strikes. Around around the country, starting to be a little uh, little momentum behind yeah. uh, labor. Over ten thousand John Deere workers went on strike on Wednesday, uh, which is the largest private sector strike since twenty nineteen. Yeah, it seems like... <laughs> when you see that when I read that line, I was like, oh man, since I was probably gonna be like ni- the nineties, and you're like, no, twenty nineteen, because things are if you look on a timeline on an accelerated path, because inequality is on an accelerated path. And yeah, I think we've seen this. Through everything, you know, the pandemic has just made inequalities painfully clear for uh, most everyone in this country. And as more workers withhold their labor for better pay and benefits, companies are struggling to figure out how to stay greedy and have slave wages. It's I mean, how do you do it? I don't know. So we have all these strikes. In this instance, John Deere employees are striking because can anyone guess they want better wages and a fucking pension plan that doesn't cut out new (laughs) hires. Huh. Who would have thought? And What's next? But the reasons have been same across the country. You know, companies are reporting the same the same things happening. Companies have re- report record profits. Oh, my God. We're record profits. And thanks to you all whose labor we extracted all this wealth from. Uh, shout out to you because, you know, uh, you guys are rock stars. I hope you that guys helps. are the rock stars who made this trip to space possible. Woo! Y'all are rock stars. <laughs> Give yourselves and a hand. Don't ask for less work or more pay, you fucking cretins. So in 2021, just to give you an idea for John Deere, they fucking they they're set to profit nearly six billion dollars due to increased demand for their agricultural parts and equipment. And it's beating its past record by 63 percent. 
The CEO in 2020 was paid $15.6 million in compensation thanks to a baby shareholder value. The stock is performing. Here's and a it's little a deal, man. I mean, I was on that shareholders call. That guy's got <laughs> that guy's got it, Miles. And yeah. locking him in for a mere 15 mil. I mean, oh my God. What's so fucked up about fucking... that is that those employees are only asking for like 20 cents more an hour by right. 2024. Like they're not even asking for all yeah. that much. And yeah. you're right, because they're, you know, the the United Auto Workers Union who's representing them, they're, they were the ones who said, no, this last thing that John Deere put in front of them, absolute trash. And even if you just think of this, right, this fucking CEO made $15 million. Imagine if he said, you know what, I only need $5 million this year. The other $10 million, for those 10,000 workers, he could have cut them a $1,000 check each. More, mm. even more. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. I'm just saying narrowly, yeah. if you want to be the most greedy version, right? It's like, well, we're not going to touch what the corporate profits are. I'll say for me as a CEO, you can take this out of my piece. I don't need 15. Come on now. Five is five is fine. The 10 for y'all, the people who I acknowledge that off of your fucking blood, sweat and tears and your backs and bodies being broken and put, being put to work all the time. That's why I have this shit. But you know, I, th I think the, the, at the end of the day, it isn't just this industry or just a specific region of the country. You got uh, the Kellogg cereal factory. Uh, workers went on strike to end a two tier benefit system they had. Frito Lay Nabisco went on strike earlier this summer. And fucking IATSE. On Monday. Okay, on Monday, shit could go down. And you're going to have 60,000 Hollywood film crew, people who work in production, who are going to go on strike because, again, People see the same shit going around. And no matter what your job is, you have probably seen, seen the same thing. You get paid fuck all and you watch your managers or superiors or the leadership of a company living in a completely different financial reality and then fucking condescend and patronize you with like all these just like empty platitudes about like gratitude for what you've done. And they're like, oh, yeah, dude, I got a sick ass bonus. Like we shattered our revenue goals. I mean, Fucking I think destroyed two things. I think firstly, people, managers, specifically higher ups are so far removed from the realities of labor that they yeah. can no longer even imagine what it's like to be living at $15 or less an hour, not even touching what it means to physically be the labor. And then secondly, mm -hmm. did you see the tweet that IATSE put out today? Where they no. have been hearing reports because productions know that a strike is coming, they are forcing onto their crew members extra seventh day and sixth day. Like, like they're trying oh, to get trying it, cram it to try and cram, to cram it in before the strike. So they're breaking more labor laws to get ready for the strike, which is like such <laughs> bad faith. It's like let's yeah. let's get this in while we can still do it. Like, right. yeah, you might as well just strike now. Fuck. I mean, as from where I'm standing. I am like shocked that workers haven't turned to like violence and like Molotov cocktails because it's like and and truly what I think it is. And I think about this a lot, like a general strike would never be possible in America because we don't have the network of mutual aid to support laborers who would no. not be able to go into work. And so and another thing I heard about IATSE is that one of my friends who's in IATSE told me that they had been talking about how some productions are reaching out to college students to get them to scab, like college film students here. Wow. Oh. And, and those mean, kids don't know that if they are scabs, that means they can't join the union when they're ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
that's yeah. And look, so again, it's always rearing its ugly head, even if it's saying like, oh, I guess we have to deal with these people in good faith. We'll also try and exploit even further. Yeah. Until the wheels quite literally fall off. Which just show you that it's it's almost never in good faith. Like they don't act like if there is a dollar to be made, that will always be more important than humanity and safety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what's interesting, too, is, you know, it's clear now workers are beginning to realize they have the leverage here. Right. Or else we wouldn't see all these strikes. Happening. Absolutely. Like 10 years ago, it was get fucking forget about but it. america used but, to be like a union country yeah oh absolutely till till reagan came <laughs> along <laughs> yeah you know bust them shits up <laughs> and also yeah starbucks too i believe they they closed down two stores i think one in new york and another they one in pennsylvania because yeah because they were le- talking is that legal? that's not legal is it I Isn't think that union busting? I think they can just be like, I mean, well, sorry, guys, we just can't afford it. Like, oh, this doesn't work they, they for them. They could be like, oh, the overhead here is too high. Yeah. So the stores... Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about you're how right, these right, motherfuckers right, can right, do anything. Right. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it is, but watch this. Yeah. I'm going to say it was for operational yeah. efficiency. And so many of those things are, like, let's say, for example, the opioid crisis. All that shit was illegal. But it was legal with a fine. Like, if you can, yeah. if you can pay Which to is... apologize for it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, and it also means that's a law for poor people. Yes, you know, exactly. It means that's a law for poor people. That's for how you know. Poor if it's a fine, it's only for yeah. poor people. And yeah, even because wealthy people in so many instances, it's there are offenses that could be prisonable, jailable, and whatever. We can get into how nobody should go to prison. But for really rich, rich people, they never see jail time. They just see fines. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's nothing. So and that's baked and, in. I mean, that's a, yeah, like legal liability in. is baked into yeah. the to their calculus. There's that book, The Corporation from 2003, that is, or I think it's from earlier, but the documentary came out in 2003. But it talks about how corporations like have legal rights as individuals, like they they have the right to be treated as individuals. But when you look at how they behave, if an individual behaved that way, they would be, you know, in prison and deemed a psychopath, like a, an actual like categorical like psychopath because they have been on the record many times as being like, okay, so we discovered this manufacturing defect in this car. It's probably going to kill 12,000 people, but, but their suits, like the limit to the like tort law or whatever, whatever the fuck it is, like means that this is how much we stand to lose and this is how much we would lose if we did a recall. And so we're going to go with just letting the people die, like, because that's just how. So that's money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there yeah. is like an assignable price. To, I think the, the U.N. once like got to a specific number, but there's like assignable prices to human lives, which is yeah. right. so intangible and so fucked up. But that's like cap, yeah. that's capitalism. Right. That's where we have to be at. And I just want to say, you know, like to that point of you know, how a general strike would not work. Like, obviously, this one works because they're in a union and the union is giving them, you know, I think like $275 a week for the for these John Deere employees to be able to withstand on a very small scale the loss of of income. But the other thing is, because there's so much leverage, you'd hope that more and more working people begin to understand that they are workers have just it's just unfathomable leverage at the moment because all you see right now is from the business owning class through their friends on in media they are terming this a labor shortage right and it's that perception 
which makes it just seem like, oh man, like people aren't working. Rather than saying, yo, people are fed the fuck up yeah. and they're getting organized and they're actually beginning to advocate for better outcomes for themselves in a way that they never have because the entire agreement has been fucked up. They'll, and so it's always through this very distorted lens. Well, it's, it's, it's not a labor, labor shortage until there are wage hikes. Like, right. um, until wages go up, it's not a true labor shortage. And I also heard this very interesting take, and I can't remember who it's from, but essentially they said that there are places who are say that they're hiring but won't actually hire anybody because it cuts their overhead costs to have fewer people and run on a skeleton crew. But because of it might affect customer service and therefore public opinion, they have to mm-hmm. be like, we can't find anybody to work for us. Nobody wants to work anymore. But in reality, yeah. they're like, fine, we'll run on a skeleton crew, pay them exactly as much as they were and make even more. Right. Right. Yeah. We were <laughs> who, who was it who was talking about going into a bar that was like overrun and like just one person behind the I think bar. it was Johnny yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, Johnny was saying... Oh, he said Biden. Yeah, he walked into a bar. The bartender was like just, you know, completely uh, overwhelmed and turned to him and just went, Biden. Because yeah, that's, I mean, I think yeah. that sums it up perfectly. That sums it up perfectly. Yeah. And it's yeah. also like, I don't... I feel like I want to have like a group team meeting where I'm like, we need to stress the importance of like labor solidarity because if you mm-hmm. strike alone, it doesn't matter. But if yeah. you strike with your coworkers, now you have something that's really important. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, or getting organized. I know it's it's it, it comes in many different fashions, but like whether that's just getting the pulse of your coworkers and knowing where they're at and like what their needs are and wants are. I mean, like, you know, if we get organized, we can yeah. all say, look, we want this shit. Or even finding and out how not, much everybody makes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which you'll see. And then the most insidious things you'll still see, like. It's illegal, but you'll see places be like, don't talk about your wages. I've had that so many. At the donut shop, people were, I, they literally told us that. They were like, don't talk about what you make back here. Like, that's not appropriate. AKA, there's some fuck shit going on. Exactly. And I was like, that's illegal. Like, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that. (laughs) Wow. Oh, one question I had. Like, so if there is a, if there's a strike going on in your local community and like there are, you know, people who need, support like community support like just like are there food banks are there like how how, what are ways that people can just like hop in and so i'm actually pretty looped into this at least in los angeles i run a soup kitchen on tuesdays in koreatown lots of comedians come and volunteer because they've been unemployed for the last 15 months but i would say specifically in los angeles if you can donate if you know anybody who is in the union who is striking you can ask them specifically what they might need. And that would be good. But if you don't, you can donate to food banks. We have a huge network of community fridges, which don't just need food. They also need people to go and clean up any boxes or remove any spoiled food. And then I would recommend getting involved with a mutual aid organization in your neighborhood. And that can look like a diaper bank. It can look like a food bank. It can look like any number of things. Water drops, specifically in LA, very important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I would just say try to do hyper-local and something I've noticed yeah. over the pandemic, it's not like, like I, for a long time, I ate at my soup kitchen because like money was short for me too. It's all different types of people that face like food insecurity or diaper insecurity or like a big one we see is like menstrual product insecurity. So there are all these like sort of small necessities of daily life that as your bank account dwindles, those get harder to place. And so finding ways to fill in those gaps, I think, is like the number one thing that we can do to support like striking labor. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And sometimes you'll see, sometimes there'll be strike funds. Yes. I think there up. will eventually, strike there'll definitely funds. be an IATSE strike fund for sure. Yeah. And that's one way if you're not maybe physically there, you can support with your money to support a strike fund yeah. that would then help striking workers. And I would too. argue that liquid cash is definitely the most important like thing because you can't anticipate an individual's needs, only they can. And some people are mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to give out, you know, cash money. And I think that's the that's the number one way to help a person is, the, is to yeah, give them yeah, yeah. cash, yeah. liquid cash. But I need them to uh, jump through this hoop where they apply for a job. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> how do I means I, test this? Yeah, yes. exactly. Dude, that's so. And it's, it's so everywhere. It's every, yeah. It is everywhere. Yeah. And it, everywhere. People don't realize, too, how insidious means testing is to like even I have friends who work in, you know, blue municipalities, state governments where they bang their head against the wall with their other bureaucratic coworkers who they're like, yeah, we do need to address this and help these people who like you know, these people in this marginalized community do need better, like we should allow them to, we should give computers or something just to create better educational outcomes. And people are like, but how do we know that people are going to use them in the right way? I just feel like, and fuck that. Like, I don't, I don't take that out of your care. mind. Yeah. Well, first things, firstly, I would so much rather help somebody by accident than not help anybody or like give somebody something that they don't right. actually need. And then secondly, or like the amount of like fraud that would have to happen for me to care about it would have to be like 25%. And that's not happening. Yeah. It's going to be like one to 5% if that. And then secondly, yeah, the fraud that happening is with the wealthy. Yes, really. Genuinely. Right. That's, that's the large scale yeah. fraud we should be worried about. And then also something I've like noticed is like the amount of self-policing that we do, like people police like the community fridges and being like, oh, like I saw this person take that thing. Shut up. Shut up. Right. Yeah. Shut I'm sorry. Did you, did you, ha- did you have a need for this, yeah, oh, no, like so it's, this it's charity all or things this for everybody. Offering? I don't like yeah. we don't care what people take. We don't care what they leave. We just care that they respect the space. Yeah. Right. That's that's so funny because just it's not funny, but it's just like I have a five year old, three year old and uh, like they are obsessed with what the other one is getting. Like they don't care what they get as long as the other one doesn't get shit. Like they just like want. I don't know that that just feels like it's like a very like deeply human thing where people are like wait what did they do it's or childish like, yeah right but it has childish. to be like yeah. yes Un- unlearned it. or it's like something you actively yeah. have to work against yeah yeah that, yeah. yeah that yeah that you don't if you have a scarcity mentality then the world is fucking awful yeah. and there's no need to help anyone because yeah. everything's fucked but the fact is there is a lot there's abundance out there it's just it's been untapped in a lot of ways whether that's people not paying their taxes or the fact that we have tremendous food waste or other things like there are many ways to actually, you know, approach these things, but it's, I think some, you know, it's the imagination part. Yeah. And I think this is the good thing about the big strikes going on. People are beginning to get the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Children are monsters. They have to have it drilled out of them <laughs> but just by nature. There's so much uh, wild shit in there. Yeah. Yo, th- what about that thing you do? Like if you have like siblings or cousins and you like you, you, you bring in like a, a plate of food and you're like, which one's heavier? Right. Like, no, nah, I'm going to get that one. Here you go. You know what I mean? Which bag is yeah, heavier yeah. of this takeout? Like, oh, yeah. Which one's thing. bigger? Like, which one's yeah, bigger? All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.